The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, To you who hear, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. To the person who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other one as well. And from the person who takes your cloak, do not withhold even your tunic. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from the one who takes what is yours, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. For if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend money to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and get back the same amount. But rather, love your enemies and do good to them and lend, expecting nothing back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging, and you will not be judged. Stop condemning, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give and gifts will be given to you, a good measure, packed together, shaken down, and overflowing will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will, will in return be measured out to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. Take care of your pennies and the dollars, they'll take care of themselves. That's the, what my dad always said, that his mother always said. And it's pretty good advice, even though it's um, kind of, I suppose, inflation has made it uh, a little bit outdated. But it's, it's good advice for home economies, you know, as well as for kind of life in general. You know, take care of the pennies, the small things, and the dollars, the big things, they'll take care of themselves. It's kind of an important little piece of advice, especially when we encounter a gospel like today, where Jesus is speaking to the crowd, his disciples, and he's, he's giving them these, these kind of moral mandates, these, these things that they're to put into practice in their lives if they're going to be really faithful followers of his way. And they're really big asks that Jesus, Jesus proposes to these people. You know, it's not just love your neighbor or love the people who love you, but you also have to love your enemy. And that's really hard. And even going further, forgiving your enemy and not judging people. How hard is it not to do that? most of the time. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to do these things. And, and when we, we know that people 
succeed at this. We know that people are really successful at being holy like the gospel tells them to be. You know, you have your Mother Teresa's out there who, who are doing these extraordinary deeds of charity and love for anybody and everybody, the poorest of the poor. And you say, man, that's so wonderful. What an inspiration. But I'm no Mother Teresa. Or you have a Maximilian Kolbe who gives up his life in the Nazi death camps for another man he doesn't even know just because that other man has a family. And you know, you say how generous that is, how extraordinarily self-giving and self-sacrificial. That's really living the gospel. But you know, what about me in my ordinary everyday life? I, I don't now, you know, I, I don't have those kind of moments, and I'm not nearly so holy as Mother Teresa or Maximilian Kolbe. I'm just trying to kind of get through the day. And that's where that little saying that my dad always said, his mother always said, maybe comes in a little bit handy. You know, take care of the small things, and the big things will take care of themselves. You know, as you... I guess most of you know I grew up in a big family. I mean, like a really big family. So when my oldest sister was 17, let's just say, before anybody starts peeling off into, you know, young adulthood, my youngest sister was just six years old, and there were nine of us in between there, you know, 11 and 11 years. So when that's the case, it's your, your family becomes a world unto itself. You be, that becomes your whole world. Not your whole world because you go to school and you have a few little friends out on the side, but you don't have a lot of friends because who wants to hang around with a family of 11? Not many people. And when you say, oh, I grew up in a big family, everybody says, oh, it must have been so much fun. And it was fun, sometimes. <laughs> But it was also not so fun a lot of times. You know, even a day at the lake could, could turn sour pretty fast, you know, if things didn't go just right. You know, there's lots of social gears grinding in a family like that, and, and they grind more than they work together. Because you've got all these different personalities and temperaments and characteristics and sensitivities, and, and, and anything can explode at any time. One day, I was fighting with my brother, and this was out at the lake, a perfectly good day, and we had our cousins with us, which made the whole gang of kids even larger. They had eight, along with our 11. And for some reason, I got into a terrible fight with my little brother, and, you know, I don't, who even remembers what it's about? Nobody. And, you know, and you're, we're fiercely hating each other. And my uncle, who was like the cool uncle in the family because he chewed on old cigars and had a mustache. And, and he says, Kevin, Nick, shake hands. And you go, no, because I hate my brother Nick. And he's saying, I hate my brother Kevin. So shake hands. He didn't make us embrace. He didn't make us say we're sorry. He didn't make us say we forgive each other. He just, you know, that one second handshake, just enough to make contact and pull away, was, was all we needed to go off running and playing again. Everything fixed, a small little thing. And, you know, I could go on forever, but I'll, I'll go on forever, why not? <laughs> So this was, my, my sisters are, are getting into their teenage years and, you know, we only had one real bathroom for the kids, you know? And my, 
my sisters would be in there for like, oh, what seemed to us like hours. You know, I don't know, trying makeup on, who knows? You know, curling their, their eyelashes. And, and you know, I'd come up or my brothers would come up, we'd knock on the door and go away. I said, no, this is our bathroom too. Go away. You've been in here for three hours. Doesn't, doesn't matter, you're a boy, go pee outside. And I said, no, no, no. And, and, and you hated your sister for making you go pee outside, you know? But by dinner time, everybody had forgotten about it. Everything was, was fine by the time he got to the dinner table. How did we work that out? Who knows? You just let it go. You know, you let the resentment and the anger and the annoyance go because you knew you had dinner coming later in the day. And, you know, how many times did a kind of friendly, fun-loving tossling on the sofa between a couple of the kids suddenly turn into a real fight because, you know, one hand or fist kind of went the wrong direction and what started out as just fun turns into a fight. And you're still mad at your brother for fighting and you get up, you know, and you hold on to that anger for as long as you can, feeling sorry for yourself because he hit you and you didn't get to hit him back. And he runs faster than you. But by the next morning, you're all pouring the milk on your cereal from the same gallon jug. And your brother who you hated yesterday says something that makes you laugh. And heck, you walk off to school together telling stories about something else. It's the, it's the small things. One more. <laughs> One more. My folks decided that the best place to put the new black and white television console was right next to the old family piano. And my older sister was really good at the piano and she had to practice and practice and practice and you know she had to practice her Chopin but we we had to watch the Three Stooges <laughs> you know where that led but again you know she'd chase us out of the room and say mom she, those kids those boys won't let me practice and we'd say mom Eileen won't let us watch the Three Stooges somehow mom would just say grow up all of you <laughs> so work it out and, and the point is that somehow or other, you know, you do work it out. And you do learn slowly but surely how to heal. And you learn that a little bit of laughter is tonic for the family soul. And you learn that you can't hold on to, to self-pity for very long or it starts ruining things for everybody. And you learn that forgiveness doesn't have to be a big dramatic thing. It can just be a simple little tenth of a second handshake forced on you by your cool uncle. And you learn that it's in the small things of everyday family life that you learn how to love, and to forgive, and to let go, and to be generous, and to not get arrogant, because if you do, your brother will knock you down. <laughs> and eventually, 
when one or both of your folks die and you're all together, you realize you're a family who love each other in a big way. So there's that advice that my dad always said, that his mom always said. Take care of the small things, take care of the pennies. And the big things, the dollars, they'll take care of themselves. 